cliffcentral.com Womantla on cliffcentral.com I am living my dream right now living my dream it's the first of the month and that's I like Oh, from the first time I ever heard the song, I was like, if ever I'm on radio on this day, I'm going to play the song. It's the way I'm going to start it up. And so this is me living my dream. I'm Pumi Masheho and you're tuned into Womanda. And today I'm having, I think I'm having lots of my dreams coming true because I was Having a gynae to come in And unfortunately she's not well So she's cancelled on me And I hope you feel better young lady And then I've spent like The past like hour and a half Frantically seeing if I can get hold of Any other person to come on And I'm very lucky because at the studio right now We've got two pregnant fairies <laughs> <laughs> Not yet <laughs> No, but I think everybody that listens to Cliff Central by now knows about Jane, right? Yes. And right next door at our, with our friends at Touch Central, they are music compiler, Felicity, yes. super cute, walking <laughs> around with the, with those tatas. She's walking ah. around with those boobs <laughs> that you can only have. Boobies. <laughs> yeah, boobies everywhere. Boobies, boobies everywhere. But first pregnancy. And so I hold her into the studio to say, I can't get a gynae, but you've been to a lot of gynae appointments. Mm-hmm. And this is your first time of being like prodded and touched. And, and I yes. think this, this kind of conversation is my dream conversation for a person that's going through it. And then Palesa, that everybody knows and remembers, right? From yes, the <laughs> back producer. in the day, Palesa, mm-hmm. the producer, is telling me how desperately this is her year of falling pregnant. So I'm just like, yep. It's all coming together for me. Yep. It's February. It's Reproductive Health Month. Oh, it is. Really? That's okay. what February is, okay. y'all. Reproductive Health Month. It is also sometime this week. I think in the third mu- third week uh, of February, it's like Condom Week. Yes, ah. actually. So this, this which is apt, but apt in the month of <laughs> apt in the month of February. Indeed. These things, because isn't that what we all get up to? Love, 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 love. And and I think for me, one of the the, the first things the thing that were about being pregnant is it's an like an outward manifestation of you've been getting laid. It definitely yes. is all my word. It's proof. <laughs> it's proof. It's so much proof. Like everybody's like, mm-hmm. so you've been getting up and dirty in there. Yeah, you've been having sex, and now we know you're fertile. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it really is. Like first pregnancy, Balesa. Tell me your your big shocks of what's happening. To, to you. Oh, me. Oh, oh me. Felicity. Oh, yes, yeah. Palissa, Felicity. <laughs> See, it's there. It's there. Um, the, I think for me, one of the things that was really, uh, you can't really prepare yourself for it is in that first trimester, the nausea. Like I just couldn't, like, you know, when you can't even concentrate. And for the longest time, I had to pretend like I wasn't feeling that way because I wasn't sure if I wanted to tell people that I was pregnant. So there I am feeling 
horrible and I've got to pretend like there's nothing wrong with me at all and I'm busy trying to throw up everywhere. I'm using public transport and like the women with their, I don't know what the spraying on their bodies. I'm like, I am about to throw up in this taxi. Like it was insane and I had to literally pretend like I wasn't going through the most. Um, so for me, that was a big thing. Uh, another one was also some of the restrictions, like the food restrictions. It just feels like everybody tells you don't eat anything at all, but eat everything because you need to like grow a baby, but don't eat anything because everything's <laughs> going to kill the baby. Like and sushi. You, yeah. Like, and capaccio. <laughs> and you're just like, and sometimes you forget and you like, while you're chewing something, you're like, oh snap, I think I shouldn't oh, be I eating this. Baby. Yeah. Like I was eating biltong and I was like, oh my goodness, I don't think I should be eating this. Biltong uh, you can eat. It was one of the raw, the, that raw tasting oh, the, one. Yeah. That, the, yeah. Those thin ones, those thin sheets. So I felt like that wasn't a, a good idea. Um, and also I suppose another big thing is just, um, <laughs> this is a bit of TMI. But <laughs> Ain't no TMI here. We're Cliff Central. <laughs> we're uncensored. And on Womanla in particular, oh, we're okay. all about the unspoken and unheard. Well, I wanted to do some uh, grooming, uh, <laughs> on myself. And, um, it had see. been a while. It had been a while since I had done that because like, you know, I'm, I'm like, I'll say it outright. I broke up with my, my baby's father. So I wasn't like out here trying to look cute in the bed, whatever. So I was like, no, I'm not going to like do anything. And then I was like, oh, I need to go see my gynae and I don't want to be ratchet in front of my gynae. Let me just groom a little bit. So I, do you, do you shave or do you wax? Uh, I shave. Okay. Yeah. The waxing thing does not work out very well for me. Um, yeah. But so I was like, okay, I'm a shave. And I was like, wait, uh, where am I? I can't really, <laughs> I can't find myself. I can't really see. And like, I'm trying to put my legs oh, on different places. And I'm like, no, even if I put my leg up on this chair, like nothing worked. I couldn't see a damn thing. I was like, how am I supposed to do this? I was so scared because I was like, I'm going to cut myself or something. And uh, yeah, for me, that was the biggest shot. I didn't realize how how big I had grown to the point where I wouldn't actually be able to to groom myself and also just like how tough it is to put on shoes and random <laughs> things like that like so I am going to tell you this about on the subject of grooming yes mm-hmm. right that do yourself a favor young lady find the person that's going to like help you out do the deed mm-hmm. oh, on yeah. your behalf before you go into that hospital to have that baby I've heard about because that. then the nurse I went doesn't yeah. give a damn. Yeah. <laughs> and you have to be shaved. You know that the the height of like exposure and feeling like mm. is in that moment when the nurse walks Your in. Everything's are out there. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I actually have a friend who's just like this nurse. Oh, what? <laughs> and the nurse walked in with like a bowl of water and a just to sh- shave off. Yes, water. A bowl of water and a, and a razor. Yeah. Ray- do what do you think they? Uh, they don't have up. time, and they do this. They like don't all have the your time. time. Yeah. They don't have time for hey, that nonsense. So it's one, two, next. One, two, <laughs> next. Wow, guys. <laughs> Clearly, I need to get up on this. Like, so yeah, keep it yeah. groomed. Okay, I will do. Now I know. <laughs> How far are you? I am uh, thirty-two weeks. Ooh, any moment now. Any, literally any moment now. So yeah, I'm quite excited, quite nervous at the same time. But yeah. And tell me about your big emotions. Going through all of this. So you, you had a, we're not going to talk about him. Yeah. yeah. But you, when you're pregnant, 
everything is emotional. Valiza, this is all for your benefit. I'm listening. <laughs> I remember being pregnant and how everything was unreasonably emotional. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> how have you how have you then dealt with all of the changes but also being by yourself? I think doing this. For me, I'm a very emotional person, but I'm those type that like I, I, I'm very like hardcore on the outside, but I'm like a soft little marshmallow, um, on the inside. And usually like if I'm upset about something, I usually act very tough in front of people, but then I'll go home and then I think about it and then I cry at home. And I think I've, I've really been consistent with that. I try to like keep a tough, Can you do out, that? out, yeah, out to outward appearance. Cause especially because when I found roundabout when I found out I was pregnant, it was also me starting a new job and I I felt like I needed to overly, um, I, I felt like I needed to present myself in such a way that when I do reveal to the bosses that I'm having a baby, that they're like, okay, this girl has been competent. She's, she's done more than what we've asked her to, blah, blah, blah. So I tried very hard to be very, very tough. And I remember running up and down because I'm still doing my master's. I'm finishing. I'm going to be submitting in March, but I was going up and down like twice a day between the station and going to, to Vitz and stuff like that and really, really putting myself under a lot of strain because I wanted to seem so tough so that when I finally reveal it, people don't see me as some sort of like like emotional like weak person and the thing is it's not that there's something wrong with that I just think I was going through so much at the time that it felt like I needed to convince myself that I was stronger than perhaps I was feeling at the moment at, at the time so um and it was personal stuff and work related stuff and school related stuff as well all just coming in at the same time so I really I I tried really hard to put out a a, a, a tough outer exper- uh, uh, exterior um but also just emotionally I guess I'm I'm just that type of person I'll leave it for when I get home you know and deal with it on my own I'm not very good at uh, expressing myself with other people or wanting hugs from people I'm I don't like sympathy I don't like being comforted it feels very uncomfortable for me and so I kind of deal with things on my own even my family I told them after a very very long time that I was going to have the baby and I was like listen this is the information that I'm giving you and I'm not willing to give you any more at this particular point when I'm ready. And when I think the situation allows, I will bring you in on some extra information that will help us through this journey. So I'm not going to give you names of people and family names Mm. for now. I'll give them to you when we are ready. And when me and this person have decided that we're going to um, fix what's going on here, uh, make sure that it's secure. Cause I don't want to go and speak in front of grownups and not have answers. I need to give you answers. And how to, that work out for you. It worked out very well because I think even though I'm the youngest in my family, my family realizes how independent I am and how if I say something, I really do mean what I say and I really am going to fix it. No, like you don't really have to worry about me. I'm that type of person. So I was like, I know what I'm doing. And even though you might feel like you want to have more or have more of an insight in terms of what's going on you will in the right time but this is my situation and i need to handle it like this so that i can be the strongest when i when i when when it all comes together and so that's what i did so i kind of cut a lot of people out of some of the inner workings of what i was going through in order to make sure that i'm ready when i speak about it i don't cry and i don't do funny things you know what i mean i want to be able to i want to be able to speak about like my whole situation and feel like 
I don't have any sort of emotional baggage mm. around it. And I also want to feel like I've made a decision that I've, I, I'm comfortable with in terms of people asking me questions and having access to my private life. Mm. I know that it's my family, but at the same time, it's also my private life. So I don't want to give you this much access so that when you, when I'm not there, you guys can talk about my situation. So rather you know nothing and there's really not much you can say. You'll go around running in circles like chickens, not knowing what you're talking about. And then when I finally say, listen, this is the deal. This is how it happened. This is what's going on. And this is how we're moving forward. You can be like, Oh, this girl, she was prepared. She put her, all her things like this. She did all of these. I do have aunts. Yeah. They in that bedroom talking. Yeah, about no, you. it's fine. <laughs> they can talk, but at this point in time, they really have nothing to say. That's the thing, isn't that the thing though about black families? It is. It is. is when are you then there's there's so much overwhelming, yeah, excitement, and even even that excitement when is is so it's so two twofold. Mm. The excitement is an excitement about a new baby because mm. that is a big excitement for aunts. In particular, <laughs> right? Ants are a thing. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> and and also for your mom, but also when you are when you what they think is young, mm. what they think, they, yes, you're you still know, a baby to them. And mm. and what doesn't mm. look what doesn't look like what they believe should be the should be pic- the perfect picture. experience. Then they are talking about you. I'm fine. They yeah. have like three details. They have like, I'm pregnant, <laughs> which means she had sex, which means a baby's going to be born. That's all they have right now. Wow. And that's fine for me. Um, but I know that when, when the situation comes together in the way that I've tried. I mean, it's been a very frustrating thing. Obviously, there's another person involved. And so I'm trying to sort of balance that out in terms of when I want things to happen versus when somebody else wants some things to happen. When we come together in a space where we're like in agreement, okay, now we can both say this, then I'm ready to say we're both saying this. I don't want to say things by myself and be putting things on another another person. Somebody must be able to speak for themselves as well. And when you speak for yourself, we must all be present so we all hear you. And when I speak, we must all be present so everybody can hear me so that there's no question about what's happening. And I think for me, that has been the biggest thing about the process is I want people not to have uh, to have ideas or, or assumptions about what it should be, what it shouldn't be, or what's happened or whatever. It is what it is, and I'm showing you what it is, and I'm cool, so you don't need to worry. So then let's talk about the experience of being pregnant, so the physical experience. Yes. Because that's all the emotional experience. Mm-hmm. That's all the the family experience. That's the work experience. And I think that the one thing for me is that, Going forward, it's it's always going to be yeah, that balance, mm. that balancing act. At least one of the things that I learned, um, and I'm not sure I quite learned it, but I think it was happening to me as well. <laughs> and I think it took me a little bit of time mm. to to recognize that what I was learning when I was pregnant is the balance, mm. the balancing, mm. because having a baby, raising a child, having a career and a life and, you know, all of those things mm. are such, they always, it's it's always like throwing balls in the air yeah. and hoping. <laughs> Nothing that, falls. That, yeah. In fact, it's like throwing eggs in the, in the air. So the, the physical experience mm. for you 
have you had a have you had time to to process that physical experience and what has that been like for you? Uh, the physical experience, I think for me, like certain things like l- your body changing literally right in front of you. Although those boobs look nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you, thank yeah. you. And she's not shy about them. <laughs> <you know? laughs> um, I think for me, I don't know. For me, I'm not like nothing bothers me about the physical experience uh, in and of itself in terms of like changes, um, like stretch marks and things like that, or your belly growing and wondering, is it going to come back to what it was before? Because I, I was pretty small before I was pregnant. Um and I, for me, it doesn't really bother me so much. Um, I'm confident in the fact that once I do give birth and once I do find time that I'll still try and maintain an active lifestyle. Uh, I mean, even now, it probably sounds cheesy, but I try to make the best out of a, a situation that might somebody else might see as difficult. So I don't have a car. So I use public transport a lot, which means, and I use double transport. So I'm walking from home to transport, from that transport to the next transport. Then when I get off that transport, I'm walking to work. And for me, I decided instead of seeing that as, oh my God, I don't have a car and I'm pregnant. I was like, this is my exercise time. This is when I get to keep fit and walk and make sure that I'm keeping myself active. And I, I, Consider it that like I literally feel like that's my exercise time and I don't worry about it. And I try to implement that type of thinking in everything that I do. And so when I think about, okay, what my body looks like, I'm like, well, this is what I get for wanting this baby. And this baby is the most precious person in my life. And I really don't care if you can't, if, if there's somebody, I'm not going to think about my body in terms of what some other man in the future might think. I'm satisfied with the process that I've gone through and the physical changes that my body's gone through. And I feel blessed to to look the way I do um, for for a while. Like I said, because I wasn't talking about the pregnancy a lot, I didn't know what to wear because I was in that awkward stage where <laughs> you kind of look like you're pregnant, but you kind of have like you might look like you have a belly. So people won't be quite sure. And so I didn't know what to wear. And so I was like covering it up a lot. And it just felt so weird. And then once my belly sort of rounded out properly, I was like, now I'm going to start dressing so people can actually see that I'm having this baby and I'm going to try and make it as cute and as normal as possible and, cute. Cute. Yeah. and I was like I'm not going because I asked my sister I was like so where do people buy maternity clothes I'm like help me out here like I'm I'm, I'm gonna go shopping I've decided I'm going shopping and she's like uh you know maternity clothes aren't that nice right I'm like so what am I gonna do she's like no just go to a regular store and buy bigger sizes and that's what I did and I just went and I bought like size 10s and 12s and 8s and in fact like some that's of the her stuff, version of bigger sizes oh I'm so sorry <laughs> that's normal for us just pulling that out <laughs> no, but like, so, and that's what I did. And it felt really great to have like at least those few items that can make you feel a lot better. Uh, I started, like I went and I bought makeup and I was just like, I'm going to try and make the best of it as I can. And physically, I want the physical representation and manifestation of this pregnancy not to look like it's a burden on me and not look like I'm tired because I'm already going to walk like I'm tired and I'm already going to strain <laughs> when like he's kicking me or whatever. So I don't need to add to that by like not showing up and I'm cute and I'm also at work you know I'm meeting people at work I'm talking with people so I'm also I need to also keep up the fact that I I accepted a job and I also need to look the part for the job so yeah and then the the every other week guy visits yes (laughs) because most girls 
go to the at least you should go to the gynae at least it's once right. a year mm. right so once a year and it's it's an awful uncomfortable experience for most people mm. you're not sure is your gynae a man or a woman a woman a woman yes do you prefer a woman or i a do man? prefer women women uh I was just like, I'm not doing this with a man. <laughs> like, nah, okay. it's all good. Like, I might have felt comfortable. I guess it's just because I went to a woman first. And also, I never went to a gynae before I got pregnant. Oh. So I was one of those people that are just like, hey, man, I'm good. Like, so, okay. So it was only when I got pregnant. And the fact that the first person I went to was a woman, it just, that feels okay. normal to me. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, had I been presented with a male, if I would have felt comfortable. I doubt I would have felt completely comfortable. But I mean... So tell tell me about the the experience that having never been to a gynae before. Felicity. I know. I'm I terrible. need to have a different conversation <laughs> I'm with absolutely you. Absolutely terrible. <laughs> um and I'm such a hypochondriac at sometimes. I'm like that I'm like weird. I'm sometimes really a hypochondriac and then sometimes I'm just like, like nah. I'm just like uh, I'm yeah. not showing my vajayjay. Like no, nah, it doesn't <laughs> what's that pain in my heart or oh, whatever. Like so I'm either or, I'm never in between. Um and so that first experience was pretty interesting because I remember she told me to take off my pants and lie on the bed thing and I was like in my head I'm like does she mean pants and underwear like uh, like the underwear as well so because I was wearing like a top and I'm like but I'm going to be here just in a top and you're going to see my like my whole bum and vagina I was like so I was kind of confused so I I, I asked her I was like oh sorry do you mean the and she was like yes (laughs) she was like I was like oh okay this is real okay cool so you actually gonna have your face in my vagina okay cool it was really really weird um (laughs) And I was like, okay. But I was fine with it because she's a very, very nice lady. She was very calm. And um, so, yeah, I was fine with it then. And she's been quite gentle with me. I do have to say, I, I'm not going to her anymore because it was like a public, private hospital. And so now, uh, cause my medical aid obviously doesn't cover me. So I have to go to a public hospital. So now I have to start doing the checkups at a public hospital. And I want, I went to one. And it was awful. It was terrible. Like, because I was trying to, no, I went into some sort of false labor thing. So they literally thought I was going to give birth. This was like three weeks ago. And so they had to check if I was dilated. Is that when they, like, like they put the finger inside and they're like, where is the cervix? Uh Is it open or is it closed? And you're like, Mama, please. What are you doing? Wait, Not like wait. this. Like, you all, You don't like, know me well enough, girl. My thing is, like, I'm sure you can feel if it's open or closed if you, like, just kind of touch Thank it. You. you don't have to, Evidently like, not. now twist your arm and do all kinds of things. I was like, what is this woman doing? And the thing is, there were three of them who did it. Like, because they kept they having make, to check because they were sure. confused with what was going on to me because the monitor was showing labor contractions, but I wasn't dilating. So they kept having to come and check me. And I was just like, wow. The very last woman was the worst. Like I screamed, I was closing my legs. I was like, uh-uh, this is this is torture now. Yeah. So yeah, it's it it sometimes also depends on who the person is and how they how they treat mm-hmm. you. But it can it can be quite traumatic, I think, especially if you if you're expecting a uh, or used to a much more gentler approach. And for me, um, it makes me very weary about public uh, hospitals and giving birth there because because. It's so fast and every, you gotta keep it moving. Like everybody's having a baby right now. So, uh, yeah, it's quite nerve wracking, but yeah. Sure. If, 
I think hello, Palisa. No, hello, Palisa. I have a feeling I was brought into here to actually scare the living hell out of me. <laughs> what am I listening to now? <laughs> like my heart is pounding. Why? Because now you know. Speaking about uh, Felicity, when she was telling me um, about how she found out she was pregnant and what had happened, I actually told my mom, and my mom always says, when you fall pregnant, it's not our child, it's not our baby, it's not it's not the family's, you know, grandchild or whatever, it's your baby. The fact that you, the child chose you, chose your womb, it means that's your baby. And the way she's, you know, she's taken into it, making the decisions and taking charge just shows that at the end of the day, my decision to actually have a baby is because it's going to be my baby. But you guys are scaring me now. But uh, <laughs> Don't be scared, girl. The, yeah. the, uh, so the point is not to scare you. And, and why this is my dream conversation in the history of, like, conversations is because... Mm-hmm. As you all know, I only have the one child. Mm-hmm. And, and Felicity, so that feeling sick and whatnot, you at least knew. So I did not even know that I'm mm. pregnant, right? Oh, wow. And because I didn't like, because I didn't think it was going to be so soon. You know, I was <laughs> like, I went off a birth control and I was like calculating it. I read all the mm. books. It was like when you've been on birth control for so preparing. long, you you know, it takes a while and mm. all of that. So I didn't think it was going to be so soon. So I literally thought I was dying for three months. Oh, wow. <laughs> because, because my mind didn't say, can you just check if you're pregnant? <laughs> so wow. That's a whole other story yeah. for another day. But I did, I actually, because I also never had classic kind of whole... Morning sickness. Mm-hmm. I was just not Sick. well. Mm-hmm. I was just feverish. I was. I never, not once, did I throw up. Oh, wow. but I was just feverish. I was sometimes nauseous. I was. Mm-hmm. I just. So I thought I was dying. But I'm also the kind of hypochondriac that thinks they're dying, and <laughs> and I'm too afraid to go find out if I'm actually really dying. Mm. And eventually when I was like, okay, I'm going to the doctor because if I don't, I'm going to like, and the doctor was like, um, you're pregnant. <laughs> I think you need to take a pregnancy test. But it's funny. And I was like, what? So it's for me, every time I go to the doctor, every time I'll have a headache. First thing he asks, are you pregnant? <laughs> no. I have a stomach ache. Are you pregnant? No. Like every you have single an age. time. Every single time I go to the doctor, I'm like, don't worry. I'm not pregnant, but I'm not feeling well. But and sometimes I know even my best friend is pregnant. She was going out. She was partying. No morning sickness, no nothing. Hmm. Next thing, seven weeks pregnant. And so the the thing for me is it's it's always fascinating to have the conversation with with the newly pregnant and and all of the the things that I then watch because I'm I'm always watching from a place of <laughs> fascination. Uh, I'm always watching from a place of fascination to hear all of those things. That, that are happening and it's it's i suppose a little bit of my vicariously living mm-hmm. <laughs> it. if you could ask so let's first talk about the conversations you are now having with your sister or with your mother mm. how it, it, you have lots of conversations about preparing about being pregnant about the pregnancy about 
childbirth? Do not you have really, those conversations? Not really. Most of what, what I know, uh, most of what I know is like just me doing my own from research. a book and the internet. Not yeah, from the internet. Really, I'm not. I'm not even gonna buy a book. Like, <laughs> are you, I'm just on Google. Felicity. Literally, I lay awake on my phone and I'm like. Ah, uh, Felicity, oh, wow. you're not having the <laughs> <a> full experience. <laughs> no, I'm going to bring you what you expect when you're expecting. <laughs> yeah. No, can I tell you, I'm not. I, I don't like having expectations. I don't. I, I'm a very weird person, I guess. I just don't like having hot hearts with family. I'm not. I'm not good at that thing. So for me, having that kind of, kind of conversation is kind of awkward for me. Like, why are we talking about this? Like, why can we talk about like maybe what we're going to eat for supper tonight or whatever? Cause like with my family, like you never, we don't amongst each other. Cause it's three girls and a mother. We don't discuss boyfriends and things. Mm. We don't have girl talk. So for me, this is, would be the ultimate girl talk. And so we're not having it. Like we will literally, we touch base. That's what we do. We're like, okay, so. Uh, did you like? Did you go for the checkup? And what did they say? Yeah, this is what they said. In fact, they actually haven't even asked me what the checkups ha- people have said. And I go to them so often, but they just ask me, "Have you been going?" And I was like, "Yeah." And they like so, and everything's cool. I'm like, "Yeah." And that's literally oh, how you, it goes. Do you know if you're having a girl or a boy? I do. It's a boy. It's a boy. <laughs> so now, so you, you, do you know what you're expecting? Like, do you know like the gory stories? Because from the our gory mothers, stories from our sisters, we get all that. Okay, I went through labor for like twenty three hours. Or this is what happened. Or I, are you I having a? Na- are you? Do you know what kind of birth you're having? Yeah, natural. You're having a natural mm. birth. Mm. Okay. But the thing is, for me, I don't know. I think I don't know. I guess I'm just too carefree, or I'm like a free spirit, or whatever. I'm not really concerned with what. Any like what people have to say about what I'm gonna go through because at the end of the day it's still not gonna be the same as what if so you might have given birth for like 16 hours maybe I'll be there for four I think the best thing for me to do is prepare myself for what I imagine would happen for me but I think the like I I, I wouldn't ask my mom or my sister what it's like because would you I can, ask somebody that's not them I wouldn't I wouldn't I honestly wouldn't I I, I don't. I don't ever think about getting information from another person really because I I see that experience as their own personal individual experience and so I rather go on the internet where I get a variety of different experiences and it's a little bit more objective and it's different people talking at the same time and everybody's comparing and so I can literally just read one article and get multiple perspectives or read an article that's been written by a doctor and somebody and that doctor will say listen every woman is different and so I know every woman is different so I don't get like so I don't have that need to find out from individual people what is the thing do you have an expectation in your mind I don't Uh, the only thing that kind of worries me now is being that I'm going to give birth at a public hospital I want to know if they're going to let me give birth the way I want to because I don't want to be lying on my back I want to be like either squatting or on all fours or semi standing because it's easier for the for the baby to be born in that way I mean that's how the birth canal is designed and for me that's that's my preference for how i i want to give birth and in fact it it's what i'm actually i feel i i deserve <laughs> um and the baby deserves it too an easier passage for the both of us is what we both deserve um and so i don't know how to ask those ladies cuz clearly they don't give a damn and about any of that stuff they're just going to be like babes but everybody lies on the bed and for me i really want i, I think one of the, the the things that has bothered me a lot during this process especially in recent months is realizing how many 
women of the, I guess, lower LSM type things that we live in, um, are unable to choose how they give birth. Mm-hmm. Um, they sort of just have to give birth the way it's done and get it over and done with. And I think that that's the, the most unfortunate thing that I've, I've experienced so far is how some people are robbed of the, the small little comforts that they could have during childbirth just because we have to go to a place where there's so many of us and there's not enough people to assist us or there's not enough beds and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I want to have the, I want to be able to make that decision. Like I don't want to lie down. Like it should be up to me. But if I go to a public hospital, they're going to say, this is how it's done here. And I don't know if I'll have that choice. And I think it's something that I'll inquire about, but from my sh- short experience over this last month with uh, public uh, spaces, uh, government, government hospitals, I've not really had a great experience. Like you, Stand in queues even though you're pregnant And there's no chairs Like Nobody's really talking to you If you don't say something in a particular way They're going to ignore you for like five hours Or whatever Just random stuff like that And I think you deserve in that moment For people to take real good care of you For people to treat you like you are At the center of the earth Even if it's just for those few hours Because you need to be at ease Like in your spirit, in your soul And physically for that baby to come to come and and for you to be happy about it, it shouldn't be. Pa- it's already going to be physically painful, but you shouldn't have to be dealing with a nurse who's like giving you attitude and things like that. Those are just extra additional things that shouldn't be a part of the experience. It's a really beautiful experience, and I think if people could have that full experience, that physical pain wouldn't be such a big factor in terms of how that whole process is. So yeah, I think we need more choices in public hospitals. I really do. Yeah, I'm gonna offline that conversation with yeah. you just now. <laughs> no, because I I agree. I think you are the center. You are the center of the universe. Yeah, in that moment, literally. But I I just I'm I'm so in love with you right now. <laughs> I'm so in love with you right now because. Because that's the, you're in that space. Yeah. In, in your mind, you're in that, you're, you're in that perfect space. You're bringing a life into this world and, and you, and, and you know, and you're, you're like a, a tough lady. woman. Mm. Yeah. About I'm a bit it. Of a control freak, you're like, so. you're a tough mother about <laughs> it. You're all of those things that you want for a mother. And so I am. I'm completely in love with you. Thank you. About that. And so, Balisa, now that well, this is your moment to ask the question. So, mm. Balisa, you're, you're desperate for this yes. year to be your year. Yes. Yes. Um, Girl, bye. <laughs> Girl. <laughs> yes. So, and... This is your moment to ask the questions that you really want to know. Mm. And cause you're going to be doing the, so are you going to, are you going to do this on your own? So I had figured, uh, if I haven't found my significant, significant other by June this year, I have already contacted <laughs> an ex-boyfriend to say, um, oh <laughs> we are ready if you are ready. No, but it's, it's a conversation I've, I've had with somebody before. Um, where I think as time goes by, you see things change. There's no longer that um, family structure of saying there's a mother and a father and, mm. you know, we're going to start making kids. Or there's that, um, I want a baby. Are we ready? Are we getting married? This is, you know, these days you can have a baby on your own. And if marriage is not an option or it's not coming, what are you going to do? You're going to wait. Mm. 
Like I see myself having four kids. Are you, and I'm already 28. And are you are you not afraid of the drama that comes with the baby daddy? Well, which is why I'm saying I want to do with somebody I already know. But he'll still be a baby daddy. Yeah, but and there's drama. There's co-parenting. There's, there's <laughs> you know, there's counseling. There's doing <laughs> felicity. Things. Felicity is already just throwing her hands up <laughs> in the air. And I feel like felicity said it's 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 different for everybody. If 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 he's not willing to you know not bring drama in it, or if there's complications, then it's fine. I will definitely do it on my own. Like most definitely. Look, and I think the the one thing is that there's definitely not so much stigma anymore to being a young black woman, Mm -hmm. having a baby on your own and making it happen. I have so many friends who are just so cool Mm -hmm. about it. And and when I look at them, I'm just so horrified at how cool they actually are. (laughs) (laughs) It's normal. Like the cool cool factor of it is definitely a thing. Like, mm-hmm. you know, so like for you, Felicity, you're like, I still want to be cute. Still want to be yeah. doing this. Be out here. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. And, and, but when I saw, when I think about drama, I'm just like, oh God, it makes me tired that there is so much drama in the world, that there is so much drama in the world. And no matter how, how hard you cocoon mm-hmm. your person, because that's what a child is, is yeah, your person. There is like drama. And, the the kind of things that you look forward to, Felicity, in the next your two months, three weeks. What did you say? You're thirty two. Thirty two, which which is essentially. So can I also just say? So the I the the one thing about being pregnant, it's like golf. I read a thing about golf that mm. golf is like being pregnant. Everybody has advice, <laughs> whether you want it or not. Mm. People are always okay, telling too. you stuff. And people are always touching you. How do you feel about that? Uh, well, yeah, I tell people, like, <laughs> don't touch, touch me? me. Some people I'm okay with. It's very weird. There's some people I'm fine with them touching me. And then there's other people where I'm just like, there's something icky about Like you. I it's touched not, you. Yeah. <laughs> other people I'm cool with it. You just get a feeling like there's a vibe and you're like, but I, I don't let men touch my belly and I don't let men talk to my baby. Aww. Only my baby daddy will do that. And if he doesn't want to do that, then cool but for me like i'm not trying to get him used to any other man's touch or voice at this point so i'm still leaving that door open for the father so yeah Mm. and then that is when it comes to this fascinating (laughs) yeah i think i think you have to i think i've learned to give of myself even more than i should in this process um there's certain things that i just won't allow like it doesn't matter what our issues can be at the end of the day, this person is the father of this baby. And I need to make sure that I can at least do my best to make sure that I give him the opportunity to, to have that relationship without feeling bad or embarrassed by how it's been so far. Cause how it's been so far is between me and him. This baby is here, but it's not really here. So sometimes you can't detach the person from the baby. But once the baby's here, I'd like a person to feel like, Oh, I can completely involve myself and to, for them to make that decision on their own. And it, it's separate from me. Like you're looking at the kid and you're deciding what you're going to do. And so I want to make sure that I leave it so open and free that you're able to then make your own decision and it isn't influenced by anything that I've said or anything that I've done 
over the past few months because that would have just been more so between us. So I'm like, no man's talking to my baby. Like the voice, the male voice he will hear is his father's voice if he so chooses. And if not, then we move forward from there. But I need to leave that opportunity, that gate open. So, wow. (laughs) You're taking me down. (laughs) You see, no drama. It's not even a no drama thing. It's like just trying to minimize the stress and you have to think of what's best for the baby, baby. regardless Mm. of how you feel and things like that. You have to learn to take the high road and, and it's not to sound self-righteous or anything. It's just a process that I've went through because I don't want to be that bitter black woman. I'm already her by being, by the fact that I'm single and uh, I'm black and I've got baby daddy Mm. drama. Already it's imposed on me that I'm that mad black woman already, you know, and whatever I say, there will be some, like, there will be, like, it will be spicy somehow, but I have to try my best to sort of minimize that where I can. Oh, girl, it's okay. You know that thing? So I don't want to, I don't want to have stress. I don't want to be stressed out too much as well. And I'd like a working relationship with, uh, you know, people. So it's You know, one of the things that I found over the years. That it's okay. As I grow older, I yeah. mean, to be that spicy black woman, it's okay. I'm, like, I'm yeah. okay with that. You know, that shit. I just, I want, I just want to love my baby. Mm. At this point, that's all that and matters that's to me. That's all I want. And I, I think sometimes if you're bitter, I don't want to look at my baby and be bitter about a part of him. You know, you never and will be. Yeah, but it's, it's just I don't want to be bitter about. Here, take him for this, for these many days, or here, do this, Mm -hmm. or, or you didn't buy this, or you didn't come and see him. It's not, it shouldn't be my concern what other people decide to choose or not to do. I should be completely and a hundred percent happy with what it is that I'm doing between me and my baby. So that's why I just, I'm sort of just tossing all of that stuff aside and I really just want to enjoy. And I don't, I don't think about these things. I don't worry too much. I should be worried. Like my lease finishes in Feb. (laughs) I don't know where I'm going to (laughs) go. Like I'm still looking for a Oh, uh, it's too far from work. So like I'm trying to figure out like, but at the same time, I'm patient because I don't know, I guess I'm not like one of those religious people, but I do believe that things will work out. Cut. Like I think if you're a good person and you put out really good energy um, and you work hard for like, you have to get a reward, you have to be rewarded. And I've recently been rewarded. I won't speak on it, but like even in the work situation, there was a situation that I was dealing with and it got it, it the situation was made better and I was like you know what I was panicking but I wasn't going to tell anybody and I wasn't going to grovel and ask for things because I know that I'm I I I I I would have to find a way out and luckily then the work situation worked out and now I have like one less thing to worry about and so even in terms of um where I where I'll be staying and stuff. I'm like I'm gonna be patient with. It. I'm not gonna rush things, and yeah. So I don't want to worry too much. I don't want to feed the worry to my baby. So yeah. Hmm. Uh, Melissa, you are taking the notes, again. Huh, I am. Are you taking these notes? Because and this is the thing for me is that every woman's experience is a different experience, mm-hmm. and what you learn from every conversation with every woman is so different and so profound. So different and so profound and just to, to just absorb it all. Yeah. And the thing about it's so cute yeah. to, to be around a woman that has got her space worked out mm. as you, because believe that the, the job you are doing and this is the, the tiredness that you feel, <laughs> the tiredness you feel because yeah. the job that you are doing is a job of 
building a human being. Yeah. That's what your body is busy doing. Mm. That's like it's building a human being. Mm. Even before all of the all of the love, all of the attention, all of the inputs, all of the homework writing, all of the mm. <laughs> even before all of that. That's what, that's the the biggest job that you're doing. And it's mm. it's a phenomenal mm. job. Yeah. To, I feel honored to even want to do it. Jesus, <laughs> and the, the the thing you know, and in the in the space of the what people tell you mm. is hold on lightly mm. to your beliefs. Mm. Hold on lightly to your beliefs, mm. so that when the moments come where they are challenged or you need to let go of them, yeah. you, you're not so like. <gasps> I can't let go of this thing. Yeah, I can't, yeah. you know. So just hold on lightly to them. You need all of their strength to hold on to that baby. Yeah, definitely. So That's cute. Good advice. I still want a baby. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I'm not even gonna. I think go like if you're prepared. If you think that you're gonna, you're gonna do what you need to do, and you know that you're gonna have the kind of. Either you know you're going to have the support, or you're going to have fifty percent of the mm. support. As long as your your situation is clear, like you need to see your situation not through the romantic eyes. You need to be like, okay, when I look at this, can I rely on my mom? Can I rely on this person? Can mm. I rely on that person? And you need to be honest with yourself about how much you can rely on them, and not because they're being mean, but how much of themselves can they give can they to give? the situation? Mm. And sit with the reality that if you had nobody in the world, would it what? still be? Something feasible for you to do That's what I did I was like If I had to not ask for a thing If I had to not speak to anybody What would I do oh, And the way. decision was I was still going to do it Because I wouldn't be the first woman I wouldn't be the last There's a lot of women mm. Who have had no one Millions like, I, Millions I, I look at like I, I know it's, it's weird But like some And I probably shouldn't be The example I'm using But I look at women who Like sometimes are homeless And they're pregnant And I'm like And they have their babies And I'm like it's not a great situation to be in, but even they were able to give birth Bring. to a mm-hmm. life. They were able to actually go through that nine months and actually give birth to a life. And it could have been intensely difficult, but they were able to at least get past that nine months. So that's for me. I was like, if if they can get past the nine months, I can get I can past the nine it. months. Mm-hmm. And I look at other women and I'm like, okay, well, if they could get past this without having this, then I can surely do that. It's not ideal, mm-hmm. but I need to be prepared that I might have to find myself in a situation where I literally have nothing or no one. Can I still do this? What will give me the strength to move forward? And do I know that I can be of sound mind to make a plan so that at least I can fix yeah, things when it needs to be fixed? Cover myself at like... You know, you mm-hmm. need to know that you can do that and you have the strength for that. I still don't know if I have the strength for it. I still don't think I've gone through the most difficult part. Like carrying the baby, I think is quite easy. Mm-hmm. It's when the baby arrives that That's all the challenges. That's what I was going to ask because the one yeah. thing I learned is that as you're then pregnant for 10 months, because that's mm-hmm. what 40 weeks is. 10 months. Sure. Yeah, 40. 40 weeks. That's the, the 36 is the number. You can mm-hmm. give birth at 36, but like they'll give you, up it can go up to 42 weeks, right? Mm-hmm. Is that it, it's preparing you for, for holding that baby. It's preparing mm-hmm. you for that thing. So I was going to ask if you feel like, if you feel at this point at 32 weeks that you're, 
you're ready to hold the baby or do you still want him inside mm-hmm. for I, a little longer? I mean, I don't want him inside because, well, <laughs> I'd like my body back, thanks. But at the same time, I, I genuinely don't know what type of mother I'm going to be. Like, I, I'm not sure how I'm going to deal with having this brand new human. I'm literally... I'm winging it honestly I'm winging it but I'm winging it in faith like I'm winging it in the faith that I will that I will rather sacrifice myself you know so yeah oh, there's, there's a secret there mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what the secret is what everybody's winging it oh, okay yeah. <laughs> well then there we go there everybody's we go. winging it there is no manual <laughs> there is no manual mm-hmm. at least there is no manual that somebody's keeping from you oh, okay <laughs> everybody's winging it palisa mm-hmm. is this is this your year this is my year this is my year they say that you, you are never ready for a baby And if I feel Here she is 32 weeks later She's still going oh, I don't know see, So if I'm not ready now <laughs> When will I ever be ready You see So it's it I'm having a baby So wait Has the ex said he'll do it? The ex said he'll do it But as oh, Sis Pumi said there's, There'll always be drama Because mm. initially we discussed it in happy moments and, you know, it was shared with the parents and, and. Ha! <laughs> now that you're going back to it, where two years later, I'm like, I'm still here. And I know you have two kids already. You and, are. And, you are. <laughs> you are opening a whole other conversation here. So, yeah, but we're still in discussion. Uh, <laughs> it comes with a bit of terms and conditions, but I've always said, as long as I put uh, the baby first, mm. we are going to work through anything. Well, there it is. <laughs> I, if I, if he says yes, then I don't see what the anything. problem is. There it is, girls. There it is. Girls, you've made my day. <laughs> you've properly made my day. Because this is the... I'm sorry for you, madam. The girl talk. This is the ultimate girl talk. Because that's what we do here on Womanla. It's the ultimate girl talk. You're feeling a little exhausted. Yeah. yeah man. Girl talk's not really my thing. No, but it's more, I, I do girl talk with like other people, not my family. Mm-hmm. Girl, this, it's the ultimate girl talk. And it's for me such a privilege to have like little sisters like you yep. guys and have this kind of conversation. It's, I also don't get to have many adult conversations. Me and Kanecha. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Me and Kanecha, we don't get to have many of these kinds of conversations. So thank you for coming and chatting. Thank, thank you, you for sharing. For and if you remember one thing, girls, don't be like Felicity. It's important what? to have. It's important to have your at least once a year gynae appointment. Yes, yes no, it's a big does. thing. Look, it's a big thing, and and because it is, I, I'm so glad you girls also came because I was also going to rant about Donald Trump, and I don't want to give him my airtime, right? No, no, it's fine. But it's important because not only because um, it's important to know what is going on down there. Not just for grooming purposes, but also because one of the most common cancers killing women yeah. in South Africa, more than anywhere else in Africa, is cervical cancer. And if it's detected early, you can do something about it. And the only way to detect it is with a pap smear. Once a, once a year, that's all it takes. Mm-hmm. Once a year, you've got to go through the discomfort. Especially if you're sexually active. 
between the ages of 14, from 14 years old. And now there's a vaccine. So one of these days wow. we'll have a conversation about a vaccine. But thank you very much, girls. Thank you for coming thank and chatting with me. Keeping it real for me. <laughs> um, You've been listening to Womandla. Thank you, Felicity. Thank you, Palissa. I hope we've helped you make your decision easier. No, you've kind of scared me a bit, but it's okay. (laughs) Oh, good. Good. I always said, if I can't be a good example, please can I be a terrible warning. (laughs) See you next week. (laughs) Cliffcentral.com